Welcome, everyone, today to Victoria and Friends. Seriously, you've been such a dear friend to me. And I'm so grateful that I can call you my friend. So, Father, I just ask you to help our friends. I'm good. It's so lovely to be with you. (laughs) You don't have the face for radio. You have the face for television. (laughs) Today, I'm talking to a friend of mine. You're amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Victoria, and congratulations on your new show. Welcome to Victoria and Friends. Victoria's guest today is an American producer and served as the United States Ambassador to the Bahamas, Nicole Avant. And now, here's Victoria Osteen. I am so excited about my guest today. It's Nicole Avant, and she's got an incredible story. I think you're going to really be moved. You're going to be touched. You're going to feel compassion. And here's a woman who has lived a really incredible journey, a beautiful life. Uh, I want her to talk to us today because she's got a new book out called Think You'll Be Happy, Moving Through Grief with Grit, Grace, and Gratitude. How are you doing, Nicole? Oh, thank you, Victoria. I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. And I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Well, you've got an extraordinary life. I mean, we're going to talk about your book because it's... It's the thrust of probably everything this moving forward. But, yes. you know, you have you have had a beautiful life. And tell us a little yes. bit about that, because your father, your mother, yeah. you learned so much. You've had so much instilled in you. And even though you had the most interesting upbringing, that does not exempt anyone from hurt and heartache. No, no. Everybody, you know, all of us. Every single human being, Christian, non-Christian, whomever you are, none of us get to be here without trials and tribulations. It's kind of part of the package. You know, it is part of being human. It is part of the hero's journey is to have challenges, is to be in the valley at times. Sometimes you're on the mountaintop and that's great. But the learning, as you know, is always in the valley. And I watch my parents, you know, my father was born in 1931 in segregated America, never let that be a crutch, never became a victim, wanted to live his life as a free man. And so when he got his rights and when he, you know, he fought for them and he flourished and he wanted to bring as many people along as possible. And so, you know, his name is, you know, his name is Clarence Avant, but he's known as the Black Godfather. And I had made a documentary on his life story And I met a publisher at the time and she said, you know, you should really write a book on these themes of this movie. There are these themes in here that it's it's a great American story. It's not just a black American story. This is an American story. And the themes I came up with were grit and grace and gratitude. That's, That's what I figured. That's what all these people had in common. And you kind of need all to get through this life. You know, we have to thank God every day through everything in everything as you know even when it's horrible and then and then it turned into unfortunately and then my mother uh who also lived by grit and grace and gratitude and loved american progress and loved pushing america forward and loved all people all walks of life you know all races backgrounds and she really loved being alive Mm. So, I mean, she really, really knew it was a gift. It wasn't just like, oh, you're living in the present. It's a gift. She really knew I have a God-given gift. God gave me life. And I'm going to be the best version I can be while I'm here. It was her opportunity. 
Oh, it yes. was her opportunity I mean, from God. Yes, her opportunity from God to to live her life, to flourish, and to, and to learn, right? And to learn the lessons that God wanted her soul to learn in this lifetime. Mm. And so for her to be taken from us in such a tragic way, as, as you were saying earlier, in December of 2021, we had a, uh, unfortunately, an intruder broke into their house to rob their house. And my mom happened to be up and she was in the kitchen and it was close to where he broke in. And this man had had a rap sheet for a while. It wasn't like some, you know, he, he had, anyway, bottom line is it was, they crossed paths and she, he shot her in the back. And as she was running uh, to get out of the house and in an instant, Victoria, everything, as you can imagine, just turned upside down. It was, it's the most horrific, unbelievable, unimaginable thing. When you get a call, you know, my husband called me, he said, Nicole, you have to get to Cedars. Your mom's been shot. Mm. And to hear those words, your mom's been shot. That was a hospital, Cedar Sinai Hospital. Yeah. Yes. Been taken to. Yes. Mm. Yes. And I, I got in the car and I just prayed. I, I just, I said, God, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going to happen. I pray that you are in the, in the room with the surgeons. I don't even, I didn't know where she was. Shot. I didn't know anything by this time. I didn't even know there was an intruder. All I knew is that she had been shot. Mm-hmm. I was so discombobulated, Victoria. I was thinking, well, where was she? Cause I'm thinking, is well, you want, this was in the middle of the night, right? Middle of the night. So middle you had woken up from the middle of the night, yes. finding millions of calls. Your yes. husband got to you. He was on a trip out of town. Yes. So of course yes. you're just like, have no details, no details, none. And I, I fed the dogs. I got in the car. I calmed myself as much as I could. And I asked, I asked the Lord to come in to me physically, emotionally, spiritually, to guide me in every way. And as I drove, the mantra was all the way to the hospital. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I mean, that's the only thing that came to my mind of, this is outside of my own strength. Mm. This is not, this is, I have no strength for what's going to come. And so I, you know, I got to the hospital and then we heard the t- tragic news and, and she didn't make it, but she got there and she tried and she held on, but she was 81 years old, mm. you know? And, uh, so this book has, uh, it's been cathartic of course to write it, but I hope that it, brings inspiration and, and motivation and healing to people to keep moving forward. You know, as, as you talk about all the time is, is even when we want to stop and quit and, and fall into the why me, you know, why us? And then I heard the Lord say, yeah, but why not you? It, it's, it's never about, everybody always says why us, but no one is exempt. You're not better than people. You're not less than people. You're a human being on this earth and there are, you know, it it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. Mm. Your book, this book is called Think You'll Be Happy. Now, is that what your mother said to you? Is that what I read? And that's kind of why you entitled that book. Yes. So our, our last text exchange that night was at eight o'clock 
And she was texting me about, uh, come over and get this sweet potato pie that your father brought home by accident from Thanksgiving dinner. They had it at my house. And then he took my pie home <laughs> and I didn't get any pie. And so my mom and I were laughing about it during the week. And then that night she said, Nicole, your sweet potato pie is waiting for you. And truthfully, Victoria, I started to write her back and I was a little sarcastic in the in the text. You know, I was making a joke, but it was a little sarcastic. I thought it was funny. But hand to God, I felt the Holy Spirit say, do not send that text. Do not send that. She's not going to think it's funny. So I deleted and I just, you know, I softened it up. I said, oh, thanks, mom. Okay, you know, I'll think about it and I'll, I'll let you know how I feel tomorrow. And her last words to me were, okay, think you'll be happy. And that was it. Mm. And that's how when I was writing the book and I thought, okay, I'm writing on grit, grace and gratitude. How am I going to put this out after my mom was just murdered? And then it would just, we just all came up to it. Jan and my whole team said, wait, think you'll be happy. That was actually her mantra for me. That was her reminding me thoughts do create your life. Words do create your life. She preached that all the time. And when I found her Bible, it's the one thing I asked my friend to get me when she went to the house to pick up some things. And a lot of it was all the scripture that she highlighted was about your thoughts mm. and renewing your mind and renewing your mind daily and asking for help. So that's how we got Think You'll Be Happy. Isn't that something, you know, yeah. to be able to turn that kind of experience and that pain around has got to be so yeah. difficult because I'm sure you have very hard feelings to the man who intruded in your house. Oh, oh, Victoria, I swear the first prayer I said was, God, do not let me hate this man. Because I knew, Victoria, that my, I was furious. I mean, my body was filled with rage you know, and hurt, but I was enraged. And I thought, please don't let me hate this man. I'm not making an excuse for him, but but I pray that divine order happens where where this person cannot, you know, hurt, do this to anybody else, please, Lord. And, you know, and I prayed for forgiveness or the strength to forgive. And I think you know, I think you agree that forgiveness, I think we all get tripped up in it because it's never about condoning the behavior. Forgiveness isn't about, oh, I forgive you. I just, you know, that that's a wash. It's okay. You know, you didn't know. It's not that. I just decided in the strength of God to give up my anger, to give up my frustration, to give up my rage towards this person and just give it unto to the Lord because it was going to consume my body and it, it was, was going, going to continue. He was going to continue to hurt you. Yes. And so yeah. you thought yes. you've hurt me enough. Yes. You're not going to That's continue right. to hurt Amen. me. Amen. So That's exactly Victoria. Now your father was in the house is what I understand. Yes. yes. Did he find did your he? mother? Uh, he did. Oh, he did. I know you're yeah. very close to your father. Your father yes. was the head of Motown, right? Yes, he was. He was. Later in life, he was the head of Motown. He was the chairman of the board. And he uh, he loved, I mean, he, he, he started his uh, time in the record business in the late 60s. In the 70s, he discovered Bill Withers. 
And so Lean On Me and Ain't No Sunshine and Grandma's Hands and all that good music. And then he went into other things. And then at the tail end of his career in music, he was tapped to be the chairman of Motown Records, which was great. And I had grown up with a lot of those people from Motown anyway. And it was a really great thing to have those people around and that great music. And music, you know, it, to me, it just heals the soul. I think it changes the vibration, the right kind of music. Right. And and I was very fortunate to grow up in that world and with that music and with really great intended people. You know, the, they weren't about fame. They were... We're making great music. We're going to serve communities. We're going to love God. I mean, you know, they they were really, um, they it was a really great way to grow up. Oh man! And so after your mother passed, yeah, you, I mean, here's your daddy. I mean, yeah. your yeah. sweet daddy. You know, daddy who was almost too much shy of ninety one. Wow! And I, we were at the hospital. We were all in the room, and yes, you know, they come in, they tell you. Just like a movie, just like a TV show. So I kind of knew on the surgeon's face, and my father slumped over onto me. And I immediately, Victoria, I just sat up straight and I just started delegating. I I I I just became my mother, I think. I started delegating. Okay, you go here, my brother, you go here. And then we brought my daddy home with us, and he never left. Mm. And he lived with me and Ted for 20 months until he just passed. And Every day, my, you know, like as I said to you earlier, I thought I was drowning and I felt like I was drowning in quicksand. I had never experienced this. Obviously, I'd never known. I don't know anybody personally who's experienced it. So I didn't have anybody to call and say, what did you do? You know, so it was me and God the whole way. And every day I would look in the mirror like, okay, God, I don't know. I I don't know what's happening. I don't even know what tomorrow is going to look like. But I believe in tomorrow. And I believe in you. And I'm just going to do one. Uh, first, I'd say one day at a time. Then it became, you know, five hours at a time, one hour at a time. And and I was really blessed to have Clarence live with us and mm-hmm. stay with us and feel love and, and joy, you know, and recreate new moments with him, mm-hmm. new, new, new habits with him. We had to start anew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it he was ninety one, and at ninety one, it's hard to start anew. You know, they've kind of been <laughs> yes. in this place yes. for so long, been the boss, been the this, been the been the head of the yes. house. But yes. you're married to uh, to Ted Sarandos, yes. who is the CEO yes. of Netflix. So yes. you have a busy life. We have a I have a busy life. You have a I busy do. life, and your husband was so. I mean so grand to say, come on, you know, your daddy is my daddy. We're going to do this thing together. Yes, it was, it was great. And, you know, you know, Ted is a man of faith too. And that's why we were always at, you know, the night of hopes. I mean, people think that everyone, you know, in his business is one way and he is a man of faith and, you know, he grew up Catholic and he didn't stay, he didn't go to church every single day. But, you know, he grew up in Catholic schools, and but he knew, but when he got to me, I would give him scripture and then he would teach me certain things that he had happened to it. But the beauty was, is that we aligned on the Lord and Ted was great and said, well, we know what to do and we are going to allow the Lord to lead us and we are going to allow the Lord to guide us and direct us. 
and we are going to allow the Lord to bless our steps and mm-hmm. let's, let's just go with the Lord. You know, that that's Ted's whole thing is we're going with God on this one. Cause, cause we don't know what's happening, but he does yeah. and he'll care. Yeah. And and it was hard though, Victoria, because you know it could tear apart a marriage. Oh yeah, it could, it can tear apart a family, and we had to look at each other and decide. We are we have each other's backs, and we are walking through this. And you know that's why it's so important to be with somebody of faith as well, because I think if Ted was not a man of faith, this would have been a very different outcome for me. Mm. That's beautiful. You know? And that's the truth. Yeah. You know, the two of you right. are strong together. When one yes. falls, the other can pick him, yes. pick the other up. So yes. So your dad lived with you for how long before he passed? Uh, he lived with us like 20 months. We 20 had 20 months. months with him. And it was, you know, and it was good because, you know, I had these, you know, I had my devotional books and I had the Bible around and he'd say, oh, oh, oh. But I had this, I, I would just read to him. I started reading scripture or just stating scripture. And he all of a sudden, because his heart had been softened and humbled, he was able to receive it mm. in a way that he hadn't received it before. Wow. And it was beautiful because his mother was very, I mean, she was a staunch Christian. I mean, every time at her house, we either watched Jeopardy and then it was, it was right after Jeopardy or right after four, it was Billy Graham. She was not. And every time my dad would say, everybody would ask me for, tickets to a concert or whatever. And all grandma Gert wanted was a ticket to get into Billy Graham. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any way you can get me in? But it was great because I think I reminded him of the way she lived and my grandma would walk around and while she was cooking, she would quote the Bible and she would quote scripture. And she would always tell me, you better watch your words, girl. You know, whatsoever you sayeth, girl, be careful, girl. You know, she was serious. And I got it later in life. She said, you create your life with your words. Careful now. You know, you know, those grandmother stories are so incredible, right? These praying grandmothers, these grandmothers of faith at the time when you're growing up, you don't really realize how important that is going to be in such a foundation in your life. And you hear those words coming back in your ears. Yes. Yes. And it's a healing bomb. Yeah. It's like a you all of a sudden you your heart remembers again, you know, and and it kind of it regrounds you. I'm so grateful for all the grandmothers. Yeah, I'm so grateful. I mean, that's why I think America is the way the, this country is what it is because of all of our grandmothers and their mothers. And so, I mean, they built something quite incredible, right? And they deserve the credit. They do, and we have a responsibility to build yes. on the backs of what they've yes. done. Amen. Yes. And so if you're blessed enough to have had that faith in that grandmother, and, and yes. that's that's such a gift. But if you weren't, you can be that yes. person of faith and you can build your family can build their life on on your, you know, foundations of faith in God. But I love that so much. And your mother kind of gave you this ability to look at situations and find the good in it. Yes. Yes. She Talk loved to me her. a little bit about that. Yes. How important that was even it in was, your healing process. Yes. It was great because she would always say, you know, that, that movie, Pollyanna, the Disney movie, everybody always takes it the wrong way. But my mom really was focused on, you've got to look for the good in the bad. Even, so let's say, so find something great. Even if the worst thing just happened, what is good about this? And I remember after this happened to my mom, I thought, okay, 
mom, I'm talking to her in heaven. I'm like, mom, what could be good about this? And really, I got back immediately. I had 81 years of life. I was in great health. I was able to serve. I had wonderful friends. I created a family. I loved my family. I did this for the community. And all of a sudden, it was, oh, right. You did live a phenomenal life and, and a blessed life. And all of us can find something to be grateful for. My mom used to put me to sleep at night. She's like, aren't you grateful that you have a bed and a pillow to lay your head? Aren't you grateful that I can get up in the morning and take you to school and we're, we're not sitting and taking 10 transits, which people do all the time to get to school or to work? Aren't you, you know, to find the gratitude is so important because it's honoring the blessings that you've been given. And, and through gratitude, it really does connect you to God. It connects you to the divine of thank you so much for blessing me and my family with this or, or blessing us with, thank you for blessing me with health. Thank you for my ability to walk and talk and hear and see and say, you know, all of it, all my senses. And so she was great that that gift that she gave me of try to find something to be glad about was probably the single most important gift she gave me because it has definitely helped me through this process. You know, the tragedy happened and I thought, well, I have my dad here. My dad isn't alone. He's got a family. I live here. I could work from home. I can cook lunch for him, breakfast for him, dinner for him. I can sit with him outside while he counts the airplanes. You know, he, it, it's, it's, you find it's the little things in life that are so simple and so meaningful. I could, you know, look at the flowers. Someday I just sit and look in my garden and look at God's just mat, just magnificence of nature. Well, you know, that shows you that your mother, because she did have a full life and a, and a, and a, and a blessed life, that she didn't take it for granted. No. That it didn't become commonplace. You know, I've seen people with so much, but it just becomes commonplace. It's, quote, normal. This is just normal. So when things go wrong, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. It's out of the norm, you know. But when you don't take it as common. That's normal right. and you you stay in awe of it all that's right and Amen. that sounds like that's what she that, you nailed did. it yeah. you nailed it my mom yeah. was in awe of all of it yeah. it was wow can you believe this you know and thank you god thank you god i mean she always had this and then she wanted to serve she took her blessings and she knew my job is to serve others in different communities uh, she would tutor, she would serve food. She, she would do wherever she was called. She was there. And, and she gave me that beautiful gift. Well, you've got so many great chapters in this book. I mean, we could go on forever, but you have one called finding a new way to grieve. You know, there's people out there who have lost loved ones, lost dreams, lost things, and they don't always know how to grieve it. And that's part of the healing process. So talk to me a little bit about that, you know, just finding new ways to grieve. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, it was the grieving process is, you know, my mom had this saying was, you can't, you can't make believe that it didn't happen. She would always say that you can't pretend or make believe it didn't happen. You have to always accept what has happened. At least you have to understand this is true. This is real. This happened. My dad had a saying, it is what it is. 
Now, what are you going to do about it? Right. And so the new way of grieving for me was, oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, I started to confess more. I started talking to God more and stopped asking so much why, because I knew I was never going to get that answer, but confessing my hurts and my pains also to, you know, being in nature, finding new ways of, you know, what, what does trigger my brain or my, and my heart that brings joy. And a lot of that was music. A lot of my mom's favorite songs. I started playing her favorite songs. Mm. I started watching her favorite movies. I started thinking about all the things in, in my childhood that reminded me of her that brought me joy. I started thinking about, oh, she loved all these different nonprofits and charities. Let me go back into them and see what they're doing now. And then let, let me go in and serve where I feel I'm called to serve mm, that's again, good. In, in honor of her. And I I had a friend call me one day and she said, my mother uh, survived the Holocaust. And she said, and she said to me one day, all I want from you, the greatest thing you can give me is live your life to the fullest, live your life. So while I am grieving, and to be honest with you, Victoria, you know, there's a hole in my heart. There's a scar on it now. I, I'm in repair. I don't know if it's ever going to go away. I'm not even worried if it goes away. I'm just in repair. Mm -hmm. But the new way of grieving for me is, okay, I'm going to grieve. I'm still a happy, content person who has a broken heart. And it's okay. You can have both. But I'm not going to stop living. And the greatest way, I really took that from my friend Diane, the greatest way I could really honor my mom is to live my life and serve others but that's how I started to just a new way to grieve was for me taking walks in nature and talking to my mother and the music and the movies and, and refocusing on everything that she loved and having an intention of honoring her soul. Oh, that is, that's really beautiful. If you turned that around and were sitting with your mother today, yeah. she would tell you that exactly. Don't quit yeah. living. Nicole, yeah. you got gifts. I've handed you yes. an amazing legacy yes. and I want you yes. to live it, you know, and I think that is such a good way to remind, you know, when those waves of grief, when those, oh. that whole, you know, feels a little bigger today and I thought it was going to yes. get smaller, but yes. it, today it feels bigger for some reason, bigger. you know, right, um, right. Yeah. I think just saying, what would you want me to do, mom? And she yes. would be the first one to say, well, I sure don't want you to be grieving over me. I'm I'm kicking out yes. my heels about right now. <laughs> yes, totally. I, could, I, I honestly, Victoria, there was one day in the bathtub where I could feel her and I would talk to her in the bathtub and she's like, you better get up and stop. The, get up out there and do something for somebody. It'll make you feel better. Get up and be significant. Create a significant life. It's not about fame. It's not about fortune. It's not about you know money. It's not about followers on Instagram. It's Create a significant, meaningful, peaceful life. I love that. And one of your one of your uh, chapters is called "Raise Yourself Up." Talk to me yeah. a little bit about that. Yes, it's and that really was that really comes into the faith of oh Lord, okay, I am going to raise myself up, uh, and I need your strength to. I, I choose to raise myself up. Yes, it's a choice. First, right, it's a choice. We all have free will. And I chose to be a victor. And I said, I don't feel like a victor, but I choose to be one. And so I'm going to raise myself up. I'm going to think about all the 
blessings of my ancestors and the baton that's been passed to me by my mother and now my father. And But that is really when I stood in my faith and I was able to raise myself up with the word of God and with my faith in God and with trusting in this entire scheme of life, in this entire universe. To raise myself up, I had to just declare every day, I may not understand any of this. I'm standing in my faith by trusting the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's That was my mantra every day. I'm raising myself up by trusting in, in the Lord and sitting in the, reading the word and understanding it. And sometimes just sitting with God and talking, talking out loud to God as if he was right there as my therapist. You know, I am really pissed and I am really angry and I'm and just confessing and even confessing, Victoria, just saying it instead of, you know, I waited until I had my moments by myself, but I'd sometimes just go into the bathroom and lock the door and for five minutes, just, you know, jump around, scream. Get it all out. (laughs) It felt great to get it all out because it moves energy. And I think people discount energy. We are all energetic beings, which is why our words, which is why our thoughts change things because Jesus was trying to teach us that of everything is a vibration. It's like the radio station. I can turn you on. Or I can turn on R&B, or I can turn on heavy metal, or I can turn... It's whatever you choose to tune into, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tune into your radio station and get ACDC. That's that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? It's all different vibrations and what you tune into. Yeah. And you, you know, it kind of feels like Job, you know, when he was just yeah. talking to God and laminating and pouring his yes. heart out and some, it was like, God, this is awful, you know. But yes. he was talking to God. Yes. And God and said, happened. this is my servant, Job, whom I love. He didn't mm-hmm. run out and try to talk to someone else about it. He brought yeah. it to God. And that's what it sounds like you always did is you brought yeah. it to God. Always. I always bring things to God first. And then sometimes other people will come in to, to you know, because God has to work through people. But I always go to God first. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn because I used to run out to let me talk to this path. Let me talk to so-and-so. And God's like, you need to come to me first. Yeah. And let me direct your steps. But always come to me first because I can handle it and I can take it. Mm-hmm. And if I told you I was going to take your burdens and if I asked you to cast your burdens, then you have to come to me first. Yeah. Isn't that you good? I, I love that because... I have to admit, many times I'll try to solve my own problems, talk my way out of it with someone else, and then I always know I got to go to God. Why didn't I just do that first? First. Everything would have been a little clearer. He could have opened pathways for the right people if I needed them or whatever I need, but go to him first. I love that so much. Well, this is an incredible book. Think you'll be happy. Moving through grief. With Grit, Grace, and Gratitude, Nicole Advent. It is so good to talk to you. you. It was an honor to talk to you. Thank you, Victoria. Well, and I hope to see you soon. I think I will. (laughs) We will, for sure. All right. Well, you take care. And thanks so much for being a part of this podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. God bless. Take care. Thanks for listening to Victoria and Friends, produced in partnership with SiriusXM. If you like what you've heard, please leave a review and let us know what you think. And if you've not done so already, subscribe so you'll never miss a new episode. Thanks for listening to Victoria and Friends.